And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk checking in from Kentucky, uh, the state um, where um, horse racing and bourbon and Kentucky basketball kind of rule this place. But, hey, it's going to be a great podcast. Sleep, I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to go. A lot to talk about. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, so if uh, everybody at home feels like, uh, don't worry, uh, the Big Hawk is not locked up making a collect call uh, from the from the clinker. He's uh, he's just on his phone in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, or as he said, um, I don't even know what else there would be to do besides race horses and look at them. Uh, no wonder they drink so much out there. Uh, got a lot of things <laughs> going on, man. We just got came off of a epic, another great weekend of football, man. Wow. NFL is just straight delivering. Old sleep dog, man. He's hot as a pistol. So uh, we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, is he or isn't he retiring? We're going to dive into that. Uh, we got uh, Brooks Kepka's bl- dyed his hair blonde. We probably won't get into that. That's all you really got to say. Um, and we will also hop into uh, maybe Joe Rogan and all that noise he's got going on. UNC uh, with a big win against NC State. Got a game tonight, if you're listening, uh, against Louisville on the road. And the Jamaican bobsled team qualified for the Olympics. So anybody that's uh, probably dating ourselves here, Big Hawk, but anybody that uh, remembers Cool Runnings has got to be a big fan of that news. The fastest of the fastest of Jamaican sprinters. Go to Olympics, fight for Jamaica. But we'll touch on some, maybe all of it, maybe none of it. Not sure. But as always, uh, let's start with the heels, man. Big win over uh, over NC State, hanging a freaking hundred on them. Took them to the woodshed, sleep. And when you – when you play state, that's what you want to do. You can never beat them by enough, period. And no matter how many beatdowns we put on them, um, they're always going to find a way to talk smack and be the most annoying fan base in all of ACC. Uh, they're up there with the Cowboys, in my opinion, uh, for being annoying. Uh, but uh, we'll just go ahead and start it off. So last week we were super down on the Tar Heels and rightfully so. Sleep, they didn't bring, they didn't put a product on the floor that was worth watching. Nope. And it was uh, heartbreaking as an alum, also as a sports fan. Uh, they shouldn't have been on TV, but hey, you know what they did? They turned it around. They got three dubs in a row. They beat Virginia Tech, they beat Boston College, and they beat NC State, which they should, and we should always beat State. Um, but we'll just start Virginia Tech. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a beauty contest. I'll say that. But but what we did do is we got 13 assists and seven turnovers. We had more assists than we did turnovers. That's progress. That's on the right path. And Mondo had 20 rebounds. Love them. Love it when guys, you know, they still score a little bit, but they're finding other ways to impact the game. That's what this team's about. That's how you build chemistry. I really like that. I really love how Armando's playing, by the way. And then we go and we beat Boston College. If you're able to stay awake during the game, uh, you probably wish you are asleep because that thing was uh, a, what sleep a pillow dog, fight. Sleep dog snooze fest. That's, <laughs> that is a definition of a sleep dog snooze fest. When we played Boston College, 
we had seven assists and eight turnovers. We had mm. more turnovers than we did assists, and we still won. Uh, that is called a gift of God, uh, a gift from God. And then we look at this. We'll just break the Boston game down. Armando had 18 rebounds, six points. Caleb and Leakey were the only Tar Heels to even get an assist. But we still won. Why did we win? Well, I'm not sure Boston College could beat our JV team or um, a junior high team. Uh, NC State, uh, sleep. Go ahead and start off with NC State because I I get emotional. Yeah, before we even jump into that, I'm just here looking at the stat sheet of that Boston College game, buddy. It's like Boston College is all on board with the Build Back Better plan, dude. One of 16 (laughs) from three, dude. They're just laying – oh, God, dude. They could lay bricks from here to the damn I-95. It's amazing that you go one of 16 for full on 6.3% from the from the free throw line. At first, you're thinking 6.3, how many did they shoot? But then, like, you know, your little brain cells start firing a little bit. And you realize that, like, in order to get to 6.3 using whole numbers, like, you got to have a big one divided by a small one. So you hop in there and you realize, like, wow. I mean, the heels weren't exactly um, – you know, lighten it up. They went six for 17 from three, but they went 16 of 55 from the floor, 29%. You talk about a pillow fight. You got to be glad you come out with a win against that one. It doesn't matter if you play in, uh, you know, the community college, dude. So yeah, uh, ugly in every sense of the word, but a win's a win. And uh, I had forgotten we even played that game uh, for obvious reasons. NC State, dude, my thing is, is how are you going to lose a Jordan in the building? And, and we just, we showed out. Then the other thing I start thinking about is, like, do these guys even know who the hell Jordan really is? I mean, of course you know who he is, but, like, mm-hmm. do they care as much as I would? Old sleep dog. Tyler hoofed it to Kentucky, man. I thought it was going to be my shot to, to meet the GOAT, but, uh, you know, I didn't even go. So, anyway, yeah, I, dude, I thought it was great, man. We played start to finish, just throttled them, man. It was it was mm-hmm. a beatdown. And, uh, you know, I mean, State's got to be getting used to those after about 40 years of them, but it's always nice to add another one to it. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have ammunition against State because one thing we know about State is they will not stop talking. I don't care how bad you beat them. I was in the building when we absolutely pummeled them one year, and their AD left. And I think it was a year that their coach got fired. I think it was uh, Mark Godfrey. Godfrey? Yeah, wow. Yeah, and I actually watched the shoot-around. They're about as unorganized as a as a fire drill. Godfrey's an um, asshole too. Like I know that on good authority. He is literally that is not me being a Carolina fan. That is me being honest. Gottfried, based on secondhand knowledge, is an asshole. Well, um, you know, they practice like it and we took him to the <laughs> woodshed. We took him to the woodshed then and I I I love it when we absolutely destroy them. Uh we had 17 assists and 12 uh turnovers, which is a big thing for us. Uh, we've always talked about it. I think the key to this team is taking away the lackadaisical turnovers like we talked about and building chemistry. And one thing that we have seen uh, in these games is kind of Brady Manick taking a le- a bigger role uh, with Dawson gone. And I'm really liking Brady. I really like what he does. And if you watch him, it seems like he's very talkative on defense. Uh, he's willing to make the extra pass. I'll tell you one thing. If he's open, he's he's firing that thing. I don't care where he is, and he he's is not afraid to shoot. And you got to guard him, and he keeps he keeps defenses honest. He's a vet, and I love him. I think he's a great player, great person too. Works hard, brings a great attitude, 
I think he does little things that uh, help you win ball games too. As far as dive on the floor, mix it up, blue collar plays. That's what we're about at Sleep Hawk Worldwide. I like the chemistry that this team is uh, is building, and I love the way Armando's playing. He's second in the country for the most double doubles uh, this season. Leads a conference in rebounds per game, and just kind of mention other guys in the Player of the Year candidates all across through college basketball. Uh, Oscar Tshiwe from Kentucky is averaging 15 rebounds per game, and then Kofi Coburn for Illinois is averaging 11.6. So those are two big-time candidates that are getting a lot of pub. And I think Armando's, if we keep winning and our team, team keeps doing what we, uh, what we think they're capable of and playing you know, with energy and making winning plays, I think Armando will start to become, in some of those uh, discussions, not for player of the year, but obviously building a name for himself in the ACC, definitely. If the Heels can find their way into like the top – I, I think you got to be top three in the conference. I don't think you're going to get over, you know, especially in, in K's last year, you know, they're going to plug Banchero in or whatever as, as player of the year in the conference. But, dude, he's playing ungodly well. I mean, he is a machine, and it's just yeah. it's reliable night in and night out. You can say what you want about the competition, and, and I guess there's – you know, nationally, there's there's obviously uh, the fact that they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost. They have, you know, a subpar record, and there's a lot of good players nationally that have probably played against some better teams. You can't take that mm-hmm. away from those players, right? But like as far as far as that whole MVP type conversation, like is it about the most important player? And dude, if you ain't got Baycott, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking as much shit about NC State because we'd be right there with him without him. Yeah. So, you know, the guy's having an incredible year. Um, I, I don't know. What, what I'm curious to know from your perspective, man, is is what do you think he's doing with his draft stock? I mean, he's still uh, – what is he? He's a junior, right? So um, mm-hmm. he's 6'10", 240. Uh, not exactly, you know, I don't know, man. He's probably not exactly NBA center material. But I mean, he's he's got to be getting getting some looks, dude. He's just totally dominating the league. Yeah, and sleep. I don't know as far as what these quote unquote experts really view him in the uh, draft stock category. I'll, I get this question a lot with Armando, and everyone seems to think I don't think he'll really translate. Well, you know, Draymond Green. Uh, no one would ever predicted his success at the NBA level. Right. And for you guys just to project what you think Armando's going to be at the next level uh, is totally, I mean, you never know. Right fit, right place. That all plays a factor and a little bit of luck. Um, But do I think Armando can play at the NBA NBA level? Absolutely. Do I think some things have to work out and he has to get to a good team and, you know, find his fit? That's true with every player. Um, And I think, Armando could definitely do that. Do I think he could play in the league for a few years? Yes, absolutely. Do I think he's uh, a player that can go into any organization and just be an all-star? It's not a knock to Armando, but in my opinion, I don't think Armando is, is that type of player, but he can have a lot of success. And, you know, but who am I to say that, that he can't do that? Sure. Uh, Armando can go prove me wrong and, you know, do everything. And I, I would, I would be happy for him because I would love to see him succeed. Uh, I don't know where they project him, but I think definitely with what he's doing, they're going to have to give him some looks. They're going to have to bring him in and kind of evaluate him. 
you know, anything can happen once you kind of, you know, start to open that book and really dissect what, you know, look at players and kind of what makes them great and kind of pick out their flaws and then pick out their, you know, what they do great. And, you know, you never know what an NBA executive can think. All it takes is one of them to like you. Yep. I think the good news for Heels fans is that Baycott's game, in my opinion, and my opinion matters zero, but is not good enough to go into the draft this year, which means he would come back. And I think the one thing that could take him from a relative obscurity in terms of the NBA draft, he, he might even be an undrafted guy right now, mm-hmm. just because, man, like 6'10", you got guys that are two or three inches taller, or they're so much more athletic at that size. Yeah. If Armando can go into the summer, and granted, we're like getting way ahead of the season at hand here, but he's 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 been a pro, had a prolific year. If he can go in this summer and just shoot jump shots, sun up to sundown, and add that part to his game where he's a threat to score away from the basket, dude, that could that could make things really interesting for him in the future. Uh, and again, I see him as a guy that you know, dude. A lot of people lose sight of the fact of, of of how successful people are that go in the league and stay there. You know, like Wayne Ellington, like Danny Green, like uh, you know, a lot of other Tar Heels, like a lot of other Duke players, like a lot of other, a lot of others, right? TJ Warren is another guy from NC State while we're on that topic. I'm gonna do still in the league, right? So, you know, it's it's not easy to stay there. And so I think he's the kind of guy that um he seems to put the work in because you're seeing him just like evolve right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And if he added, a, if he added some range, I think, uh, cause he shoots well from the line too, man. And a lot of times big guys can't shoot from the line. So anyway, man, he's been fun to watch, been fun to watch him mature, been fun to watch him just lay wood across ACC and, uh, you know, to hop into Louisville at the yum center next, next, uh, tonight, really, if you're listening and, um, yeah, try to do it again to Louisville, another struggling team at the bottom of the league. Yeah, that would be a great win, specifically because we'd be going on the road and we just had three good wins, and this team kind of has a way of you know building us up, and then all of a sudden we have an off night, and we're just like, who's that team that we just watched? You know, we saw it in Notre Dame. That was tough to watch. So I'm going to be watching the you know tonight, which is going to be tomorrow um, when this thing comes out, but. You know, we got to bring it, and it would be a big win for us because this team's really good at home, but they're not really good on the road. And you got to take the show on the road if you really want to be a great team. Yeah, dude. And you know what I just realized? Is this the last time you're going to hear from us before old uh, K comes in? And so we didn't really prep for that because, you know, typical form. We don't really think that far ahead here at Sleephawk Worldwide. But we got K coming in. Last game in the Smith Center on Saturday. Uh, old Sleep Dog, I got to go to uh, – um, not going to be able to not going to be able to be there not going to be able to watch it really uh have a commitment that I can't avoid and this is going to be an all-timer man this is it so you got to go in you got to beat Louisville right and now you're riding high and you're about as your stocks about as good as it's going to get heading into a duke team that is clearly you know can can really out, outmatch you with with talent right so this is going to be a, a, a real test and one that I hope Oh, God, man, we want this one real bad. There's two games left that we really want, and this is one of them. What do you yeah. think's coming for that one, T? Well, yeah, we do want the game, but <laughs> I always hate this because uh, I always take, like, an athlete mindset. I'm like, no, 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 Louisville's next. Let's, let's not look ahead. 
but it's almost impossible this being Kay's last time he's in the Dean Dome. And it would be nice if we sent him out with an L. And I love the fact that we're not giving him a present. We're not doing a presentation. Um, we don't do that. We come here. It's about the players and we'll play. And we respect what you've done at Duke and all the success you've had. Unbelievable. One of the best coaches ever in college basketball. Um, so he happens to play right down the road, biggest rival. We got to beat him. It's not, I always hate must wins, uh, but this is going to be a great matchup. Why I'm really excited because I want to see Banchero go against Armando. Yeah. I think that's going to be a great challenge. And I think Armando's, he's gone against some of the best bigs in the, you know, in the country in that I think his name's Williams from Purdue to me coming off the bench. He is one of the best bigs. Uh, he can really score. Uh, I think he kind of got the best of Mondo and, you know, obviously the Kentucky guy, Toshibwe, um, I think he kind of, I mean, that, that was a disaster game all around. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we got to bring it. This can when you play Duke, I don't care what we're ranked, what they're ranked, you're coming for a battle. And it's unacceptable for a no-show. And you you lay it all out on the line on a Duke game. And I'm going to be hyped. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be ready to go. I know you will. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, I, I'm glad you brought that thing up about isn't people on Twitter going nuts. Our buddy at Ross over at uh, Inside Carolina posted something about how UNC is not going to give him a gift or something. And, and people start going ape shit on UNC on Twitter talking about how wrong that is. It's like, why? Like, nobody who gives a shit, man. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. It's not a slight, dude. Everybody, dude, if you're if anybody at Carolina, the Carolina fan is being honest with you and honest with themselves, you respect the hell out of Kay. Mm -hmm. Guy's an incredible coach. Mm -hmm. He's got a huge following and we don't like him. And that's, you know, part of being respected, right? Is if you ain't pissing somebody off, you ain't doing it right. Yeah. They don't like Roy. They didn't like Dean and we don't like him. And it's just how it is. And like, I think uh, the, the, we're going to give him a gift and it's going to be a fucking hell, dude. That's what we're going to give yeah. him. So, uh, you it. know, I think the X factor in this game is Caleb Love. Like we say it before, we say it again, dude, if he shows up, and if he has a Caleb Love game, like his best, I think we're in that game. And I think it's not even that we're in it at that point. It is a like dog fight. If, if, if he plays great, we got a good chance. So I think we have a, you know, we're always going to have a chance against Duke no matter what. I mean, I could be mm -hmm. a point guard and we have a chance just because that's just how it goes. Maybe not. But, you know, anybody else at point guard. But, you know, if Caleb has a good game, and then especially if he's backed up by some of these other guys, you know, you're, you're starting five or going close to damn 40 minutes in that game, the way this the way this roster runs out. So, you know, important for guys like Baycott, staff foul trouble and all this sort of shit. So uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch, man. It could be an all-timer. So it's, it's, it's got those implications since Kay's leaving. Tickets are a bazillion dollars. It's nuts, man. So it's going to be uh, – uh, this is one game that that people don't want to miss, and we've been looking forward to it. You know, we're not skipping ahead, but it's just like, guys, sleep talk worldwide. You ain't going to hear from us till then, so yeah. you know, we're doing our job. We're getting there. Sleep. Um, I think Got to take care of business first. I agree. Got to take care of business first. Um, but you brought up an X factor uh, as Caleb, and I agree with that. I think Caleb's got to have a great game. We saw it last year when Caleb went to Duke. I think he had 28. Played unbelievable. Big reason why we got a, one, a, a win in Cameron. Uh, but my X factor, I'm going to go, I'm going to have two guys. So I think that we're going to need somebody, uh, to guard Banchero mm -hmm. when, um, Armando is taking a rest. I'm not even sure that's going to be the matchup. That might be a Brady, uh, taking him on, um, with some size or leaky. Um, that's what I was going to say. 
you know, we need somebody that's going to give him, um, we can't let him get into a rhythm. We're going to have to mix different bodies on him. You can't expect Mondo to guard Banchero the whole game and then be as effective offensively as he's been. Uh, I think that's too big of an assignment. And it's, you know, you, you put, you run the risk of getting into foul trouble. So my X factor is actually, it's not going to be leaky because leaky is a defensive player mm-hmm. and we expect him to do his part to his do role. his job. Yeah. I'm going to go Brady Manic. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to bring some outside shooting. I think the Williams guy is going to match up on Mondo. And I think Banchero will be on Brady. And I think, I think he's going to uh, leave him open a few times and he's going to have to, you know, draw the defense out. And I think he's going to hit some big shots, but I'm going to do another X factor. It's going to be Puff Johnson. I like what he's been doing. And I think he's been bringing some energy and I think he's going to give us confidence and he's going to give us some, you know, he's not going to have 20, but he's going to give us a much needed boost. I like what he's saying coming in, impacting the game in a positive way, bringing energy, playing hard. I love that. It's contagious. And I think he's going to be big, big for us. I love that call. I thought you were going RJ. And I was like, man, you can always go RJ. So Puff Johnson, dude, that's a big one, man. I, I like that. Um, it's it, The game is going to be one of the best ones we've seen in a while, I think, or, or at least one of the most anticipated. And so you don't want to miss it. That one's coming up on uh, – on Saturday night. So got to take care of Louisville first in the KFC yum center. One of my favorite names for a, I mean, imagine, you know, you go to, you go to Louisville and what do you wear Adidas and you play at the KFC yum bucket. Uh, good luck guys. No wonder you're damn about 10 and 11. So, uh, anyway, we got to play that one. Got to win that one. Uh, and then we come back home and get focused and, uh, and, and take care of business, uh, against Duke and coach K. So, you know, moving on from the heels, we got football, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what a weekend. What a weekend for Sleep Dog. I mean, what did I say? I said, I think that the Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl. And I was like, wait. No, I said, I think the Bengals are going to go to the Super Bowl. And I was like, wait a second. I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. And they, holy shit, man. Just caught lightning in a bottle. Got both of them in there. Uh, Joe Burrow is, I don't know. First of all, I don't know how that guy wins. Because Every time they snap the ball, it's like when you used to play flag football. Joe Burrow is like the all-time quarterback in flag football. Like you snap it. You're supposed to count to one Mississippi, but you leave out about seven eyes when you're pronouncing it. You just take off after the quarterback. I mean, dude, this guy's running every time he has the ball. Mm-hmm. Still gets it done. The Rams, uh, you know, took care of of uh, of old, old Jimmy Jesus. Uh, didn't see that one coming. Said no one ever. But nonetheless, they put up a good fight. And um it's an interesting, like, because especially if you look at the names, this is one of my favorite things about like how sports are going lately. Is dude, if you look at the four teams in the NFC and AFC championship, you're just like, dude, imagine three or four years ago, you told yourself this, you'd be like, this is a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. Now you got the Rams and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And the cool part is, this is kind of like the matchup I think everybody wanted to see. Ah, uh, man, I'm I'm out on the Rams. I'm pulling for the Bengals, and I hate to say it. The reason I want to pull for the Rams is because I know you picked the Bengals, but I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> with the Bengals. Uh, I'm not the biggest Joe Burrow fan, uh, but he's done it. He's found a way to win. He's he's a great quarterback. Um, but the Rams, to me, they're like I've said this to you off the pod. They're slowly becoming the most annoying organization in football outside of. Uh, the Cowboys. Um, I don't think they're, you know, they, they've kind of gotten, they built almost, in my opinion, kind of a super team mm-hmm. of going out and getting who they want, making all these trades. And I don't really like that in sports. I think it almost creates an unfair advantage. 
So I'm going to go with Bengals, small market, uh, right there in Cincy, blue collar town. You know, that's what SHWW is about. You know, got my good buddy, Wes Miller at uh, Cincinnati. So, hey, let's go Bengals. I'm on. That's right, baby. Joe Exotic. That's my favorite thing about him is they call him the Tiger King because uh, he went to LSU, played for the Tigers, and he goes to Cincinnati, plays for the Bengals, and everybody calls him Joe Exotic. Um, that that I'm with you on. And honestly, like I'm, I've been all hyped on the on the Bengals, but realistically, like I don't really like Joe Burrow that much. As I mean, he seems like a like a clown, right? Did you see the, the mm-hmm. presser after the game? He's got like the diamond Nike swoosh on. He's like trying too hard to be from the nineties. And it's like, bro, like I was alive and, and thriving during that time. Like you were, you know, you were in the third grade mm-hmm. shit in your pants and having to call your mom to bring you a new pair and stuff like, and he's like, they ask him, they're like, Hey dude, are those diamonds real? And he's like, I make too much money for them not to be real. And on one hand, you kind of get it's a stick, right? It's a gimmick. But on the other hand, you're like, bro, you can get humble real quick. So, you know, yeah. you might want to chill on that. I don't like Odell. Um, the thing about the thing about the Rams is like you're right about the super team thing, um, which is much harder to do in football. Uh, and and the Rams totally mortgage their future. I was, I was watching a game last night. I said they don't have a first round pick until 2024, which I think is just like after next year. Mm-hmm. No, so it'll be this year, next year. They don't have a first round pick. So listen, man, you go all in and you try to cash in your chips and you hit. Like hats off to the front office for making the right personnel decisions. Stafford has definitely been who they wanted him to be. Cooper Cup is easy to cheer for. Um, Von Miller's hard not to like a little bit. And then you got, you know, Aaron Donald, some of these guys. Like, I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I don't like, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Odell. But at the end of the day, and McVay came from Washington, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, but he's kind of an, he's kind of a weirdo too. I just, it, he trips me out because he's like super intense and it's like, he looks like he's about five, six. So it, it, it has a different, I don't know, man, it's weird, but uh, yeah, dude, it's going to be a good game. I thought, uh, I thought the Bengals really lucked out. I could not believe that Kansas city, their play call at the end of the first half, they didn't kick the field goal. Now, granted at the time, they're just blowing the doors off of Cincy and they, and, and Cincy can't stop them. So on one, on one hand, you're like, I get the ball back. That's the thing, though, is like if they had kicked that field goal, Kansas City, you always say this, maybe things transpire a little differently, but, you know, they got three more points. And at the end of the game, if that translates, they win. Um, It was certainly looking weird when they went to overtime and Kansas City won the the flip again. Mm -hmm. My comment to to Big Dan and the other guys I was watching with is like, dude, imagine Kansas City goes down and scores a touchdown again. And, 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 And it's consecutive weeks. Allen and Burrow don't get a chance. Um you know, in these types of games that they've just played to touch the ball in overtime, the whole world's going to melt down. Uh, so fortunately, you know, they did. And then, then it, the way, as it would happen, you know, since he did what the bills couldn't, which was stop him, got the ball and scored um, that kicker. My favorite dude in the, in the whole NFL right now is the kicker for the Bengals because that dude is ice cold and he's probably mm-hmm. like 20 years old. Uh, that guy hits big field goals and big moments. And, um, I don't know, man. I think they've had it's it's just been a fun team to watch because they're like super underdog. I think they're four-point dog in the Super Bowl. Easy to cheer for them, man. Like you said, their their fan base has been a long time. You got you got old uh god damn big Ben's retiring. Anyway, I'm going on and on about it as if I give a shit about the Bengals, but I hope to see them win. I think is where I'm getting. Yeah, it's good to see us back in the Super Bowl sleep. Um <laughs> uh, Man, I'll pull for the Bengals. I Bengals I, fans come out of the woodwork. You know, I'm I'm from Missouri, grew up in Missouri. 
Uh, the Rams big time us for LA. Um, so that's my opinion on it. And there are so many people have just migrated over to the Kansas City Chiefs. I just can't do that. And it was so shocking that Mahomes didn't come through. I was I was yeah. floored. I was floored at how bad he he played in the second half, which it you know goes against you know this year's kind of been up and down for him. It's been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And going off of his past, I, you would have never predicted that. And people compare him to like a a Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, and it kind of took away from that because if they get to the Super Bowl this year, I think that's you know, and they win. That's two, two, two of the last three Super Bowls they've won, and they're like a dynasty. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I was floored at that. Um, yeah, I just expected Mahomes to be kind of the Mahomes that we. All predicted, you know, once he gets the ball late in the game, you know, let him score. So hopefully you have time to get down and get a touchdown. Didn't really come through. Um, and the Rams, Niners, oh man, I hated to see the – I thought the Niners, man, they're a tough football team. They're defense. Yeah, they're gritty, and, man. Yeah, they're they're tough. And it's going to be interesting. If they get a quarterback, let's say Aaron Rodgers for some reason goes to the Niners, Cali guy. That team is a contender immediately. They're they're missing a good quarterback that can bring them back in the second half and kind of lead them to victory. But I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl sweep. Uh, I think this will be the first Super Bowl ever that the home team will play in their um, home arena. I'm not sure about that, but well, uh, technically the- it was last year, but it was like nine people there because the Bucks played in in Tampa last year, <laughs> but because of COVID, there was like hardly anybody there. Yeah. So this is and then. Um, and then this is the other crazy part is like, they were, they were, they were up in arms about all the 49ers fans getting tickets to SoFi because nobody gives a shit about the LA Rams. So they, I, from what I understand, and I heard this secondhand as I, as I hear most information that I, that I spread aimlessly here on the podcast is that, uh, the city of LA had to do something where you like, or maybe SoFi stadium was trying to make it. So like only residents of the city or some could buy tickets so they could keep all the Niners fans out of there. It didn't transpire to me. I didn't feel like it was, mm-hmm. you know, tilted in, in one, uh, one, the favor of one team or another, but that was a big thing. They were all worked up about. Um, one thing I'm looking at here, and I thought this was kind of the case that was interesting was, um, was that week two sleep? I'll just say if, if they didn't allow 49er fans in the stadium, they wouldn't have been able to fill all the seats because there's really no, there's not a ton of true Rams fans out there. Yeah. I'll be honest. Well, I think I'm looking at the schedule and I can't tell if the schedule is forwards or backwards. Cause it's, it's a little jacked up, but I think, did it have, um, Kansas city got off to a pretty tough start. Yes. Yeah, so this is January 8th. So that would have been the end of the season. So Kansas city started one, Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. They lost four of their set first seven games. Yeah, they so were three and four at one. Yeah, they had a roller coaster year. So, um, and then they just started whipping people's asses. But mm-hmm. they lost to the Bengals uh, in week looks like sixteen or seventeen, depending on how the schedule plays out. But anyway, it's going to be a great, uh, you know, it's great games again. We've we've been really lucky this year with with two really awesome, um, you know, playoff weekends and, uh, we'll see. Hopefully the Super Bowl holds. This is one of the weirdest periods as a sports fan is that week in between football and then the Super Bowl. 
So uh, I don't know how we're going to make it there, but we'll try. Probably what we're going to do for the next two weeks is talk about Tom Brady. So he retired, uh, or so we think. Uh, I think that's a hoax. I can get into that uh, as much or as little as you would like. But what are your thoughts on Tom Brady hanging it up? Do you think he should have held on longer? Are you surprised? Uh, what what you know? What do you think about old Tom hanging him up? I think he's going to retire. Um, and honestly, sleep he, to me, he is he's an all timer, um, one of my favorite athletes. I respect him. I respect his story and what he's accomplished, and you know, kind of his you know not really getting drafted high, and then all of a sudden becoming the best football player to ever play. And yeah, I mean, we've been lucky to watch him pretty much for 20 something years mm -hmm. uh, and do it at top notch. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss watching him uh, play football. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if he retires now, then you really don't give people a chance to see your downfall. Yeah. Uh, like we like we've seen with a lot of the great ones. Um, we've seen, you know, you see it a lot in boxing. Uh, you saw, mm -hmm. you know, MJ to the Wizards, although yeah. MJ to the Wizards. He put up some pretty good stats still. Right. Uh, and I think LeBron might be hovering yep. uh, on that a little bit. Yep. So he's not going to give anybody, you know, any room. And there's no doubt of what he's accomplished speaks for himself. I will say I heard him talk on the Jim Gray. He came on the podcast or whatever he did. Uh, he said if he were to walk away, he'd be satisfied with what he's done. Mm -hmm. And listen to his other interviews. I don't think he's ever been satisfied to me that means he's content uh he's always been a guy that's been like oh, i'm ready for the next one uh or let's get the next super bowl he's he's kind of that hungry always trying to go to the next level and i i do think it's i, I think this is it for him that's an interesting uh you know subtlety you pick up on there because that makes that makes a ton of sense and as you know i'm like half serious about half the shit i talk about maybe maybe a quarter of it uh, and, and real serious about not much, but my whole thing was, you know, it came out, Schefter came out and was like, Hey, he's retiring. And then everybody's like, wait a second. He didn't say that. Ain't nobody. He still is blah, blah, blah. And my thought is this, a network just came out with what, like, I haven't seen any of it, but a 44 part series man in the arena about Tom Brady. So, you know, though, both of those camps are locked in tight. You got Under Armour involved in it, everything else that Tom's involved in. And you mean to tell me that ESPN's flagship reporter wouldn't have an airtight lead on that story. So he comes out and says he's retiring. And then the Brady camp is like, not so fast. This just to me reeks of a whole hullabaloo of he's retiring, he's not retiring, blah, blah, blah. And this is like the perfect setup for an encore, right? You get everybody all, you know, oh, Tom's, this is it. He's, it's over, or is it over, blah, blah, blah. And then he says he's coming back and he tries to go in and win the Super Bowl for, you know, posterity's sake, make it number eight. Um, your comment made me walk that back a little bit in my brain. But I could see it happening because this dude loves this, like the theater of all of it. And it would just, it's just so hard for me to believe that ESPN didn't have it locked somehow, given the relationship. They just did this huge story about it. Yeah. So sleep, I, for, you make a great point. I would love to see him play again. Uh, I would love to see because he makes, to me, 
I would, I mean, it was a tough year on them. The AB situation. Yeah. Uh, a lot of controversy, a lot of injuries on that team. You know, if he can't give it his all or really commit to it mentally or physically, and I've watched uh, Man in the Arena, it is unbelievable. And I love uh, hearing his perspective on each Super Bowl run, uh, a lot of the seasons with the Patriots and kind of his perspective. Mm -hmm. You should watch it. It's really eye opening. And I gained a lot of respect for him. But the way he works is very underrated. You don't hear about that. Mm -hmm. He gets to the, you know, he gets to practice before anybody the early hours in the morning studies film and then leaves after everybody's kind of gone. Most quarterbacks, they put so much into this game at some point, you know, 22 years, man, that is just a beat down <sighs> mentally and physically. And at some point, you know, you, you life tends to move on you. Okay. And it just, to me, he's getting to the age where his kids, he, you know, the family time is important and pretty soon you're going to lose that in, that's probably his most important job in his life is to be a father, uh, be a family member. And I think he's hovering on losing that. So I could see him definitely going away, but I, I would love for him to stay. I agree with you on that. And I just think it would be, uh, I, I put it this way. If he comes back, I'm not surprised. I'm just saying I'm not slamming the door on it. I agree with everything you just said. And if you like Brady, you don't like Brady. It doesn't matter if you're like, I know you're Jets fans, right? They just hate Brady. Like, I got news for you, buddy. I could have played quarterback for the Patriots and you'd still be the Jets. So it's not, not Tom's fault. Your team's garbage. But, you know, if you watched him, you have to appreciate, you know, what you saw. It's like the people mm -hmm. that hate on LeBron or the people that hated on Kobe or the people that don't like MJ or the people that don't like Tiger. It's like, who gives a shit, man? At some point, you got to open your eyes and just, you know, be happy that in the short time you got to spend on earth, you got to watch people that were this good uh, at doing anything. Uh, I don't care if mm -hmm. you're garbage, man. If you never miss a, you know, never spill a can out of a trash can is basically what it is. That is the dumbest thing I ever came. Sometimes I talk mm -hmm. too much. Um, that's it, man. I don't know about Brady. Uh, you know, I think he 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 may come back. We got a couple of the dumb things. I You know, as you go through this thing, you really, I don't necessarily want to talk about this. Jamaican bobsled team, you know, I'm going to say that, that that's one thing as a, as a kid. I God, I can't wait. I hate the Olympics. I'm, I'm over them. Like they're all just pomp and circumstance at this point. The sports are you know, becoming a ridiculous what they allow in there. Cornhole be Olympic sport in the summer Olympics probably. But Jamaican bobsled team, I will forever get behind and may even just walk around that day with an egg in my pants and try not to break it. Yeah, sleep. I love, I love uh, John Candy. I love uh, Cool Runnings. So I'm all in. I also, if anybody does this, I think there's two bobsled tracks in the U.S. One is in Park City, Utah. Another one is somewhere in the northeast. And in the summer, they put a bobsled on wheels. And I went to Park City on a family reunion, and I went over there and did it. It is one of the most scary things I've ever done in my life. Highly recommend it. Uh, but I'm all in. Let's go. I'm pulling for it. Cool runnings. Anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.